On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be bringing in Nick Fairbanks to discuss the Florida Panthers' 6-4 loss against the Dallas Stars at FLA Live Arena as the Florida Panthers got off to a really poor start in the first period and had a comeback where they got it to one goal with and got two power play goals on the night, but it was too little too late for the Cats. We're also going to be previewing Saturday's game between the Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames as Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weaver will be making their returns to Sunrise, Florida, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Friday, November 18th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're at your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to all, all the shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL. Locked on Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Roden, and Locked on NHL Prospects. So, Cats fans, that one really stunk. Uh, the Panthers r- dropped this game 6-4 to four against the Dallas Stars, and really this game was won and lost basically in the first period with a lot of physical and mental errors in a... In a season where we haven't seen the Florida Panthers really give up a lot of odd man rushes far too often, the the Panthers uh, were giving up too many of them. And even though you, you would like Sergei Borowski to save some of those uh, shots, it was just uh, for the Panthers, it was too many odd man rushes and not doing them any favor. So, and the Florida Panthers led a comeback attempt uh, led by Sam Bennett, Matthew Kachuk, but too little too late for the Panthers as they dropped this one six to four. So let me bring in my guest on the show. It is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And not only a not so happy Nick Fairbanks, but a not so happy Nick Fairbanks who attended tonight's game between the Florida Panthers and the Dallas Stars. Nick, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. And uh, yeah, to say that I'm not happy is... uh you know, least of, uh, I guess, our worries right now, because um, that was a defensively poor game, uh, to say the least, especially on a special night that was supposed to be something that the Panthers could be proud of and in, uh, enshrining Roberto Luongo into the Hall of Fame, being the first Panther uh, to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. It should have been a night of, you know, good feelings. And just overall, you know, you, you think the team would just want to come out and show something. And to play a first period like they did, mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and, and and you think about it with that with uh the Panthers. I mean, one one thing that's noted is Alexander Barkov was uh not playing tonight with a non-COVID illness. Uh hopefully he's able to suit up on Saturday versus the versus the Calgary Flames, a, a game that none of us will want to miss, especially Alexander Barkov. But for 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 the Panthers and and this, it it like First shot, first shot on goal for the opposition for uh for Dallas, and it was just a a a huge killer. Like 
in, in on that one, Bob didn't even move. Commits low and then and then and then go goes high. Rope hands, of course, part of that top line, one of the best top lines in the NHL in Pavelski and Robertson, and just commits low but go but goes up high. Uh, what did you see on that one? So it, it was a, a breakdown after a, a power play and everything, and uh, it just seemed like Bob misread it or he just went down too, you know, too quick. And unfortunately, that's one of his um, opportunities. Uh, he, he decides to go down early to, you know, I, I guess get into position. But a lot of times I think what the scouting report is go high on Bob. He can't stop it. Um, after that, you know, I think the kind of the floodgates open. He made a couple of nice saves. But, you know, like you were saying earlier, the team did him no favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right before that, even before the power play, I mean, the Panthers were <laughs> were just generating uh, quite a few shots. I mean, the post was their, was their enemy uh, in the first period really early on and just could um, – and even with two power plays in the in the first period, you would think that the Panthers would uh, – would, uh, would have an have an opportunity to score. I mean, we'll we'll get more into the special teams really in the second segment of the show, but uh, not not so not there there haven't been as far as performances individual performances. Bob was very of of course very noticeable. Got pulled after the first period. Mark Stahl was very noticeable as far as uh, a not so good performance. Gives up a turnover against uh, Jason Robertson, who eventually gets it to Tyler Sagan to beat Bob five hole in that one but another another player that if there's a, a player that i gotta put some blame on too in this one it's sam it's sam reinhardt on that niels lundquist goal just ryan lomberg's following niels lundquist and then it by the time it gets into a certain part of the zone a certain um, another player has to pick it up there has to be some kind of communication saying i got your right i got your left or or certain terms saying i'm hot but there there was none of that Sam Reinhardt let let Niels Lundqvist go right through it, and even though the backhand shot by Lundqvist is one that Bob should stop, Sam Reinhardt just not his best moment there. No, he just stood there. I mean, there was absolutely no communication. I mean, usually on an exchange like that, you get you try to get out of your guy's way, or you let them know like, "Hey, you take him. I'm going to take your spot." Um, you know, I, I I'm personally not going to blame Bob on that one. I don't think he was expecting that shot. I don't think he thought that uh, Lundqvist was going to actually take that. But at the end of the day, um, this game kind of in a microcosm showed that this team does not have a lot of uh, synergy right now. Um, They're not – they don't really gel that well with all the lines. And you saw in the second period, Maurice started shuffling everything up and everything. And so that's when the team really started to kind of like really get it like, oh, we got to get our stuff together. And that's when they started to come back. But just that first period, like nobody was talking, there was no communication and the passes were off. It's just, I mean, let's put it this way. They had probably about eight or nine shots on goal halfway through the first period and Dallas only had one. And that one was a goal. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show that, listen, like it, it matters. You guys have to play as a unit and you guys have to communicate. And luckily, you know, in the second period they did, but you know, it, unfortunately it was just that first period that, you know, did them in. Yeah. And you talk and talking about that, of course, with Barkoff being not, not playing on Thursday, the shuffling of the lines but prior to the game, I kind of tried to understand the thought process with Paul Maurice putting Eric Stahl with uh Kachuk and Verhage that didn't last long only 5 on 5 they didn't even play more than 3 minutes together mm-hmm. and you saw a shake up of the de- the defensive pairings as well 
Uh, Ekblad was uh, paired back with Forsling to start the second period. And and Mark Stahl and Brandon Montour were paired back uh, as well to start that uh, second period as well. So just a, 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 I don't want to call it a panic move uh, for, for Maurice. We're only in game number 17 of the season. So it, it's it's mm-hmm. definitely not a, a, pa- a panic move for, for this Panthers team. But, you know, a little bit of a opportunity for them to kind of come back, jump in, in. And of course, with the goal te- goalie change as well for the Panthers as well. Even even had even had quite a few opportunities despite few bad stretches. I mean, three shorthanded shots on goal, including Anton Lindell's uh, opportunity oh. on Scott Wedgwood, which you would have loved. I would have loved to see Anton Lindell go backhand on that one instead of going right five hole where Wedgwood made a save. Save, and unfortunately, that was the that was the shot that Scott Wedgwood uh, hurt his uh, back, what looked to be his back, and got stretchered off, and then Jake Ottinger comes in. Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. If Lundell had scored that goal, that arena would have erupted and the comeback, that I think they would have completed the comeback with that. But, you know, you this team this whole season has had a bunch of chances to put the puck in the net. It's just not happening. Um, you know, uh, the last season, if you want to call it an aberration or whatever you want to call it, but this season it just seems like goals are becoming harder to get by. Um, and they're just not shot. The shots from the point aren't going in the dirty goals that you expect for somebody to clean up are not, you know, happening. Tips are not happening. Um, it's just, it seems like they don't have a lot of what a lot of people like to call puck luck. Um, and you know, we'll see if that turns around, you know, the rest of the season, but you know, if that's going to be the case, if they're not going to be able to put pucks in the net and, you know, you don't have somebody like Alexander Barkov driving the offense, you got to start wondering who's going to step up. You know, who's going to be that secondary uh, scoring? I mean, it was, I'm glad that Reinhardt scored off of an Ekblad shot. He got the tip. Seems like he just needs to be in front of the net no matter what. And then uh, Sam Bennett, one player I do want to give kudos to for the last, you know, couple yes. games after, you know, being dropped down on the third line and really putting out a performance. He scored two goals in a losing effort, and then all of a sudden um, – you know, he he's passing the puck in the offensive zone, something we haven't really seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's usually somebody like a Vinny Trocek that wants to keep the puck, put a shot on goal, and that's it, one and done. No, uh, the last couple of games you've seen him really facilitate plays and get the puck uh, around uh, the offensive zone, and it's actually worked out for him pretty well. I think he's gotten maybe uh, six points in his last three games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Sam Bennett playing his 500th NHL game uh, on Thursday night against the Dallas Stars. So three points in this one for for the Florida Panthers as well. But let's transition over to segment number two. Well, we'll talk a little bit about the good as well for for the Florida Panthers, even though there was more bad than good as well in in this one. So we're going to discuss that next on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info and stats and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, soccer, esports, hockey, and more. You've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get you your betting picks. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Second segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here for another edition of Fairbanks Friday. 
coming off a loss, unfortunately. Uh, but the Panthers, good news is we, we mentioned Sam Reinhart in the last segment. Five straight games now with a power play goal for, for the Panthers. So that's an encouraging sign for the Panthers. And who, who was also very involved in working the puck around as well on that power play? Sam Bennett as well. So uh-huh. just just incredible of what he's been uh since basically since the road trip you spoke about really uh the if you want to call it a demotion to the third line but uh he he's he's definitely um driving play as well getting in on the four check as well uh, even though the faceoff numbers aren't the best for Sam Bennett he's he's definitely bringing different things to the table in, in different areas. So very encouraging sign for the Panthers as as, as they're fit five straight games with uh, a power play goal. Uh, but as far as, as far as the Panthers, as far as these odd man rushes, uh, do you think this is just a fluke game for the Panthers as far as, as far as giving up odd man rushes? With the current people who are playing defense, no, I don't think it is a fluke. I think it's a lack of mobility. And I also think it's uh, a lack of being able to pair the right people with the right, you know, other pairing. So in the second period, you got to see Ekblad finally with Forsling. And then you got Mark Stahl paired back with uh, Brandon Montour. The reason why that they were paired together is because you have one guy who's uh, dependent on for offense or being a stay-at-home guy. And then you have a mobile defenseman with them that will be able to cover and everything. When you have Ekblad and Stahl together, who's covering who? (laughs) That's a good point. Um, you know, and then when you have Montour and Gudis together or, um, you know, Montour and, um, Montour uh, and Forsling, Stahl. yeah, and Stahl, you know, you have Montour who can actually skate and everything and, you know, he, he'll pinch or whatever, but, you know, you still have Stahl on the back. Not that I'm going to trust that, but at the end, you're still going to have a guy that's going to be on the back end, hopefully to stay home. But, you know, these are what the D pairs need to be going forward. I mean, I understand that Gus Forsling can be an offensive guy. That guy can do anything on the on the blue line as far as I'm concerned. So um, if he takes pressure off of Aaron Ekblad, I'm all for it because he needs he needs somebody like that uh, to play with him. And maybe he'll start scoring some more goals because his defense tonight was atrocious. And you can just tell that he's not at game speed yet. So um, hopefully in the next couple of games, you'll be able to, we'll be able to see a better version or more upbeat uh, Aaron Ekblad and he'll be able to help the Panthers win. Yeah, and on that goal by Jamie Bett on the the third one, uh, you wonder should should Ekblad have gone for a shoulder to chest hit or 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 gone for the gone for the poke? And I mean, the just looking at the replay of that, you you just you you know the answer is go for the hit with the with with the with the shoulder. And that kind of got Ekblad a little lost. And of course, you see right even right before that, the two Stall brothers. Um, on the board on the board battle losing the board battle and just unable to reset and that's really what caused uh jamie ben uh to go all alone on uh sergey sergey mm-hmm. so uh as far as the poke versus hit uh how, how bad was that in person i knew ekblad wasn't going to be able to pull that off um he he's not a physical type person he's more of a finesse he has really good hands for a defenseman and everything but when you don't have the skating ability and I'm not going to go off on a tangent, I promise, because this has been his opportunity since he's, you know, come into the league that he needs to work on skating. Aaron, when are you going to work on it, bro? 
Like, I understand that maybe your speed isn't going to be there, but you can at least work on, you know, uh, like how you skate or, you know, maybe get a better balance. There was a couple of 50-50 pucks tonight where you can just see that he was getting knocked around it's because he isn't strong on his feet. And you can't have that as a defenseman, especially if you're going to be in the board. So um, he that's, that's just unfortunately going to be the game that he's going to play. He's not going to hit anybody. He's going to try and always do the poke check. And the one example I have for everybody that they can reminisce about, and it's you basically knew the game was basically over after this last year in the playoffs when Nikita Kucherov acted like he was going to go inside and he cut right outside and Ekblad totally bought it and left the goal wide open. Uh, I don't know who scored that, if it was uh, Falad or if it was Braden Point, but um, Ekblad got walked. Like, the, mm. Forsling, at least, if, if he was defending that, I think he could have been able to recover at least or at least make a better play on it. But that's been Ekblad's opportunity. Yeah, and, and Gus Forsling had a beautiful uh, strip on Mon- Montez Brunel uh, shortly after J.B. Ben uh, got that goal as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, as far as skating, of course, uh, I of course uh, Gus Forsling very very superior as far as the skating ability uh, for uh, as as far as uh, defensemen on on this team. So, it, it as far as uh, pairing the right guys. I mean that if that second period told us anything, they, and the jump that they had too is that mm-hmm. we're likely going to see b- this back to uh back to the regular uh pairs that we originally saw and of course Montor Montor and Forsling played well together uh and of course their minutes were were at there were more added minutes to them too so as far as an 82 game stretch uh I I ne- I never thought that uh Forsling and Montor were going to be uh so- something that was going to be long term for for this team but also with uh with the Panthers, let let's just talk about a little bit of that comeback attempt, uh, attempt for them. I, mm-hmm. I mean, for 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 the Panthers, we 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 spoke about that two on one between between Sam Bennett and Etulusterain, and once again, Sam Sam Bennett just having a, a a great a great game for 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 the Panthers and a power a power a power play goal as well. Matthew Matthew Kachuk finding a way to to score as well his, his ninth of the season just it is it, it at, at least for the Panthers it's the power play is going and the guys who have been scoring goals at, in in bunches uh, in Verhage and Kachuk those are the ones getting mm-hmm. going so that's one pair of good news for the, for the Panthers. Verhage has the best goal song on the team. <laughs> yes. The last two games I've been able to attend, it's just like that song just mm, that just puts you in the mood and you feel it. Um, that should probably be the Florida Panthers goal song, to be honest with you. You know, that should be the replacement for sweetness, um, which was kind of weird. Um, I was in a Walmart today picking something up near the arena and they were playing sweetness as I walked in. <laughs> so I don't I don't know what's going on with that. But to get back to the goals. Yeah, exactly. To get back to, you know the goal scoring for Hagee's hot. Um, I'm glad that he's finding the back of the net. He's got a wicked shot. I mean, the, the goal that he scored tonight was on the opposite top corner. Not a lot of guys can pick corners like that. And then um, I believe the second goal was E2 Listerine and from um, Sam Bennett, which again, very soft and Listerine didn't even try to like, you know, cradle it. He just put it right past the goalie. Cause I think if he would have cradled it, it wouldn't have been a goal. And then um, if, if I remember correctly, the third goal, 
uh, was Sam Reinhardt from Aaron Ekblad. So mm. again, you're scoring in different ways, which is a good thing. But again, these are things that you need to be doing early in the game, or at least making sure that you're putting yourself in a position to lead instead of, you know, consistently finding ways to get back in the games. I mean, we saw this last year. The team would not play well uh, defensively. You know, the goalies would be lit up uh, and they would have to come back in the second period, which, listen, they did. They came back multiple times. I don't remember how many times they did it last year. I think uh, after losing, I think, or being down in the first period, I think they're in the number one team of coming back between like 27 or 29 games. Yeah, and I'm looking up right now. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking up right now based on uh, the Florida Panthers uh, goal differential th- throughout the first period. I'm uh, having a hard time uploading this uh, right now, but uh, <laughs> for, for it, it for for the for the Panthers, I mean, I, I believe it was five times that they've come back from three goals down to to win. And yeah, listen, uh, we had a little bit of signs of last year uh, throughout the, this game. It, it would have been, of course, it would have been exciting to pull it off. But again, you don't want to, you don't 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 want to be in this position, and it's just frustrating after a while when you do, even even with, with wins like. I for the looking back at the Capitals game, uh, game five last year, at that yeah. point, it was just like it, it was it was there was excitement, but worry. And of course, there's a new season, new personnel, new coaching staff, and it's just one so far. So <laughs> I I really, really hope it's not a it's it's not a continuous trend for this team. But so far, if 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 they play any of the if they play the rest of the way like they have in the first 16 games, uh then I think this could be this could be a fluke. I hope it's a fluke. Um I, I think most Panthers fans want to, but I think most Panther fans, you know, you know, even in our room, you know, that we chat that, you know, we we overinflated what this team was gonna do, or you know, our expectations were overinflated. I personally, you and me, I don't think our expectations were overinflated. I think we knew that this was gonna be, you know, a slow burner. The team was not gonna be, you know, 15 0 and one or whatever, you know, they started, you know, last season or 12 0 and one, sorry. We knew that it was going to be a different team and a different style. Now, again, what's going to matter is, are they going to be able to sustain that playing style for all 82 games? And is it going to get them in the playoffs? I still think it will, because I don't think anybody besides maybe, you know, Boston, maybe Toronto, we'll see what Toronto does. Um, I still don't think that they're playing to their full potential. And I still think there's going to be a coaching change. And Tampa just seems to be like plotting along. I feel like they win a few then they lose a few and then they win. Like they don't really care right now. Um, and then the teams you got to kind of look out for right now is Detroit because they're, they're winning a few games and they're losing some games that they shouldn't win. So they're trying to figure it out. Um, but Florida should be in there. Um, but the team really has to commit and really not allow games like tonight to happen again and also affect their next game. Yeah, and reloading, relo- re- refreshing hockey uh, reference and seeing the goal differential throughout the uh, first period. Uh, their goal differential throughout the first period was came in to tonight's game at plus seven. Uh, and and uh, and they have a positive goal differential in the first and third period, but a minus six in the second period. So that kind of flipped in, in this game where it was the second period yeah. for the Panthers that was 
what that was the comeback period really and it, strange how that works for for one game yeah i mean you think about it i mean they scored three goals in the um in the second period and they came close i mean with lundell they came close to scoring the fourth one you kind of wonder what would have happened if they would have tied that game up mm-hmm. you know I, I think the third period would have went a little bit differently yeah uh definitely and of course uh of course for for the pan on for the panther side of things uh Spencer Knight coming in, finishing finishing the night sixteen of seventeen in this one, uh, and and of course the uh, the line changes of course had a lot to do with the different style of play that came into the third period, and of course the Florida Panthers getting a chance with the number one goaltender going into uh, into the, after the injury uh, to Scott Wedgwood uh, in Jake Ottinger, and even the Panthers. Uh, it's funny, Jake Ottinger. Uh, the broadcast spoke about how Jake Ottinger uh, going into this game was 0-3 and one against the Panthers, uh, right, right before. So, uh, so little, so a little bit of a something we know now uh, for for the next time the Florida Panthers and the Dallas Stars face, as we would expect uh, Otter to to uh, to be the starter next time uh, these two, two two face. But we're going to transition over to the third and final segment where we're going to go over the scores of the of Thursday night in the NHL and. We're going to discuss an upcoming game, a very notable highlight game, uh, as uh, the Florida Panthers will finish their five-game home five-game homestand on Saturday. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Friday, November eighteenth edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Ramon Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here for another Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. So, uh for for the NHL and uh Thursday night, we had 13 a 13 game slate on this uh Thursday night. Uh so Tampa Bay uh destroys uh Calgary uh by final score of 4 to 1. Uh, Calgary's only goal came on the power play. Uh Colorado and Carolina uh Final score of three to two in overtime, a possible uh, Stanley Cup final matchup. And Colorado only had 15 shots on goal uh, on, on Thursday night. Uh, uh, Columbus defeats uh, Montreal six to four. The Devils now their winning streak goes to 11, defeating Toronto in overtime. Boston continues to win now. They're 15 to and 0. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets defeat Anaheim three to two. Nashville defeats New York. The Islanders five four. Uh, the struggling Penguins, they they come out with a win tonight, six to four at Minnesota, and the St. Louis Blues, uh, second night of back to back after winning in Chicago last night, defeat Washington in a shootout. And there are other games going on live right now: zero zero between Vegas and Arizona, one to one between the Seattle Kraken and the New York Rangers, and one to one between the San Jose Sharks and the Detroit Red Wings. So, Nick, uh, this was a uh, Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, yes. 4 p.m. start for between the Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames. And of course, the the big trade that happened this offseason between Jonathan Huberto, Matthew Kachuk, of course, uh, Keith Yandel coming out and talking about how uh, Jonathan Huberto told him that when he uh, got the call about him being traded and, and you know, we I don't we don't swear on this show, but saying uh but him saying, Are you effing kidding me about getting a, a trade and then uh and then uh 
being being highly upset about about the trade as well. And this is the first. This is the first of many now uh, for the at least for the next uh, nine years. As of course, last year of of his uh, current deal, and then nine more years after that. Um, so, I as far as as far as uh, fans embracing him, I I do not want to hear a single boo from that crowd. I I don't think they're I, I, I even even with uh, even with sometimes disappearing in the playoffs and even rumors about possibly off the ice for what happened between games three and games four in Tampa. Personally, if I'm there, I don't have a single reason to boo, uh, boo Jonathan Huberto when he makes his return to sunrise. No, he was a staple of this team for over a decade. And, you know, whether, you know, he was able to lead this franchise to, you know, a Stanley cup win you know, he does lead the organization in points and he played a ton of games injured. So there's nothing that Huberto didn't do for this organization. He was a class act all the way through. He was incredibly gracious with his time with the fans and everything. It just the on ice product in the team around him just could not get it done. Um, so I don't think there will be any booze for him at all. I, I think uh, there's going to be a standing ovation. Everybody's going to say, you know, thank you. Uh, kind of like what they, I'm not going to say it's going to be on the same level, but they did that for Mason Marchment this evening. Um, mm. You know, he, he got a huge uh, ovation and um, kind of wonder what this team would be like if he stuck around, but uh, you know, that's another topic, but you know, Uberto deserves to have a warm welcome back here in South Florida. And, you know, I, you know, this will be his second home always. So, um, you know, I, I have no qualms about that. Now, Mackenzie Weger, um, he, he'll get a, he'll get one too, but I think it's going to be a little bit more mixed. To be mm. honest with you, I think fans have a they have somewhat of a short memory, or they you know they tend to remember things that have happened, and um, four seconds uh, will be a lifelong thing for me. Yeah, and. Um, We'll just see what happens. Uh, I think him and Tuchuk are going to get into it. <laughs> that that would be for some that's, entertainment. That's that what w- I predicted in the preseason. I mean, and uh, and Mason Marchman got into a fight with uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, towards the end of the game. And, of course, uh, the Panthers were without Matthew Kachuk on that six-on-five towards the end of the game where the Panthers just really couldn't get any offensive zone time uh, to try to tie the game at five on Thursday night. But... Uh, Chances are they might do their uh, tribute videos maybe at the same time. So whatever Jonathan Huberto's ovation is might be Mackenzie Weegers as well. So you don't mm-hmm. know who they might who uh, who might get the rough uh, jeers uh, as far as the as far as the presentation for for at FLA Live Arena on Saturday at four p.m. It's a uh, it's an NHL network uh, game. So anyone who's preparing to watch that game on Saturday outside the region, it will not be available on ESPN plus. So if you do not have NHL network in your home, maybe find a local sports bar where you can watch the game and, and, and check, check that out because it won't be on, on that streaming platform. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm excited for the, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm personally uh, excited for this one. I'm just wanting, really wanting to see, uh, just how Huberto himself, when he comes out for warmups as well, how he receives it going into a different locker room as well, him and Uyghur. 
for that and kind of kind of kind of want to see kind of want to see what also the signage too from the fans um how how many how many of we miss you Hubi, or autographers stick as well mm-hmm. and i i kind of wonder what that scene is going to look like in warm-ups as well it's it's going to be nice and i think a lot of people who were kind of growing up with uh this core you know over the past decade um are going to appreciate it and they're going to want to get pictures and stuff like that i mean let listen Uberto knows that South Florida loves them and the fans love them and everything, but you know, business is business. Um, so we'll see what happens on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that both teams are going to come out hard. I'm just concerned right now if Alexander Barkov is going to be well enough to play. Um, we didn't know he had an illness the last game that was kind of affecting him. And per- apparently it was bad enough that he couldn't play this evening. So hopefully he gets over it in the next 48 hours so he can play against his uh, best friend. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it'll be interesting to see them matched up. I think he'll play. I I I personally think he'll, he'll play. Uh, it, it's just this is just one of those rare games that you just have to get up for, and uh, I think it's maybe something precautionary. And then Barkov will be back. It's a non-COVID illness as well as as uh, the official Florida Panthers Twitter page uh, posted. So. Nothing as far as a hockey-related injury as well. So something manageable. Maybe maybe needs a little rest. Drink lots of fluids and release mm-hmm. some of that sweat as well uh, off the ice, so that so that he could uh, build up, uh, build it up back to uh, g- good enough so that he can be able to play Saturday. But I'm going to predict he will in fact play Saturday. That's my prediction. No count, <laughs> no reporting behind it, but I think he'll play. But uh, I think so too. Yeah, definitely. You can't. He he cannot miss that that game if it's no. uh if it's a non hockey related uh in illness. But Nick, I want to thank you so much once again for joining me on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, by by this time next week, we'll be at our first benchmark of the NHL season, which will be American Thanksgiving, and at that time, we'll be able to really get a full picture more of where the Panthers stand and their their chances of making the playoffs because money puck last time i checked it had them at an 88.5 percent chance to make the postseason so still in good position at that time so we'll, we'll be able to get a real big big picture evaluation and that's something that to tease for next friday's episode but <laughs> tell everybody where they can follow you online can follow me guys on Twitter at Prudentia Zero. So enjoy all my takes because uh, <laughs> they're coming fast this season. And uh, I can't wait to see, you know, what it's going to be like coming next Thursday because they do say that teams are that are in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving actually have a much better chance or actually will make the playoffs. So now that the Florida's lost, you know, this game, they lost a the game against Edmonton. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, winning one, losing one. Are they going to be able to secure, you know, at least a playoff spot during Thanksgiving? So uh, I look forward to that. And, um, you know, if, you know, anything happens, you know, I hope everybody has a safe week and a safe weekend. And, uh, you know, hope everybody has a great holiday. Absolutely. Thank you so much once again, Nick. And I'll see you next Friday. See you next Friday. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to all the shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, 
Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steer Odin, and the newest show on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today gives you the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.